Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Are you familiar with the fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, The Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah, most of us are. Um, if you're not, listen, The Emperor's New Clothes, the story goes something like this. There were a couple of con men who came to the emperor and said, if you give us a lot of money, emperor, gold, and the finest materials, we'll make you the most beautiful garment man has ever seen. And so they began to weave the materials to make the garment on an invisible loom. And they told the emperor that the garment would be invisible to all but the wise and the pure in heart. Well, as people would check out his garment, they would say, oh, yes, I see it. I see it. It's gorgeous. I see it. Because they didn't want to seem to be a fool. And they wanted to seem to be wise. And the emperor also began to act as if he could see the garment because he didn't want to appear to be a fool. And then came the day of the parade, and a child shouted out, the emperor doesn't have on any clothes. And everyone at that moment realized that that was the truth, and the emperor himself realized it. Isn't it interesting that one person, are you listening? One person, one little boy, stripped away the hypocritical pretense of an entire nation. Were you with us in our study in Romans chapter 1? Write about, look at it, verse 18. Romans chapter 1, write about verse 18. Yeah, verse 18. Paul begins to point out the true nature of man. That man is basically evil in nature. You know, we tend to think that man is basically good, don't we? Even though you turn on the news any given day, any given time, and you see a lot of bad in the world, we tend to think that man is basically good. But the Bible says, and Paul points out in Romans chapter 1, that man is basically not good. In chapter 1, Paul makes it clear that man refuses to acknowledge God. And because man refused to acknowledge God, they begin a downward spiral from intelligence to ignorance to rejection to idolatry. And the Bible says that God gave them up to do whatever they wanted to do. And all men stand guilty before God. And God will not show favoritism when he judges at the great white throne judgment. We talked about that last week. Now, beginning in verse 17, give me your attention. Beginning in verse 17 through 29, Paul knew that his words about the unrighteousness of all men, including Jewish men, he knew that his words as it relates to that 
would certainly stir up a reaction from the Jewish people. And Paul almost anticipates, or Paul could see them protesting. And Paul could hear them say, well, now, wait a minute, Paul. Uh, We're Jews. You can't treat us like the Gentiles. We are God's people. God gave us the law, and how dare you talk to us that way? We are religious people, they might say. Well, here we are in these next several verses. One man, just like in our story, one man, Paul, is going to strip away the hypocritical pretense of an entire nation. This time, the nation of Israel. Got a pen? Got a pad? Here's our outline for this morning. I'm going to give you three characteristics of the religious lost. The religious lost. And that's the title of my sermon. The religious lost. Three characteristics. Number one, religious folks, and you know this, lack humility. We'll find that in verse 17 through 20. And not only do religious people lack humility, but they also, point number two, they lack obedience. You'll find that in verses 21 through 24. And then finally, they lack understanding in verses 25 through 29. Three characteristics of the religious lost. They lack humility, they lack obedience, and then finally, they lack understanding. That's what we're going to talk about this morning We pick up in Romans chapter 2, saints beginning in verse 17. Are you looking at it? Say amen. Amen. Indeed, Paul says, you are called a Jew, and you rest on the law, and you make your boast in the law, and you know his will, and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law, and you're confident that that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes having the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. You, therefore, verse 21 picks up the second part of our outline. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhorred idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in verse 23 in the law, do you dishonor God through the breaking of the law? For the name, notice in verse 24, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you as it is written. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Keep in mind now, Paul is talking to the Jew. And now he begins to strip away the make-believe robes of righteousness of the Jew. And what Paul is doing here, you want to note if you're taking notes, Paul lists six things or garments, if you will, that the Jew clothed himself in and put confidence in and thought it gave him special privileges. Six garments or six things that the Jews thought gave him special privileges. Number one, look at it again in verse 17. Paul says, if you call yourself a Jew, you call yourself a Jew. You see, Jewish people were proud to be Jewish people. They were proud to be called a Jew. They were so proud to be called a Jew that get this, they used the word Jew as their last name, as their surname. They were proud to be Jews. 
The name Jew, if you're taking notes, means praise to Jehovah. Praise to Jehovah. Paul says not only were they proud to be Jews and they called themselves Jews, clothing themselves in their own righteousness, if you will. Paul says, point number two, that they rely on the law. You find that again in verse 17. They thought that because they had received the law given at Mount Sinai, that they had a special place and protection with God. Then Paul says that they boast in God. Verse 17 again. Now, sometimes in the Bible, boasting is a good thing. But here, it's not a good thing. Because they boasted in God as if they were God's favorite. Like they had a monopoly on God. And they prided themselves, in verse 18, on the fact that they knew God's will. Not only did they know his will, but they had an exclusive knowledge of his will. And then again in verse 18, they approved the things that are excellent. They considered themselves better able to make moral decisions, verse 18. And then finally in verse 18 again, notice they were instructed out of the law. You see, the law was their guide. Are you listening? Listen, all of these things are wonderful privileges. And they made the Jew feel really good about being a Jew. But they lacked humility. Why? Because they were religious. Understand something. These are not people who reject God. These are not people who don't believe in God. These are people who believe in God and they accept his word. These are people who go to church every Sunday. Get this, the Pharisees, they could quote, recite from memory the first five books of Moses. From Genesis to Deuteronomy. They knew the word. They could recite the first five books of Moses all of Genesis, some of us don't know two verses in them five books. Don't, don't shout me down. Don't say amen. I know. <laughs> but they could quote the first five books of Moses. These were religious people. But listen close. You can have the whole Bible committed to memory and still be religious and still be lost. Amen. Did you know? That's possible. You know, someone once said this. Somebody once said, religion is the great enemy of Christianity. Isn't that the truth? Religion is the great enemy of Christianity. You see, the problem with religion is religion itself. The problem with religion is religion itself. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, listen, the problem with religion is that religion actually encourages people to be hypocrites. Religion is easy. All you have to be is a bad actor. Amen. All you have to be is a bad actor. Religion is easy. And many times in the church, the church causes, listen, watch this, the church causes people to be hypocrites and religious. The church causes that. How so? Because we tell people to come as you are. We tell people to come as you are. But when people come to the church and they come as they are, we tell them now you got to change. Isn't that true? We tell them now you got to change. See, now if you're going to be a part of our fellowship and our, this is the way you got to be. This is the way you got to dress. This is the way you got to look. 
So we actually encourage people to be hypocritical because the church cannot be a place where you can come and share your heart. You can't come and say to somebody, hey, bro, man, I got a problem with sexual sin and I need you to pray for me. I got a problem with alcohol. I got a problem with this. Or you can't come to church and be vulnerable because if you come to church and you're vulnerable with the wrong person, you'll end up on the prayer chain. And then somebody say amen if you know what I mean. Oh, you're going to end up on a prayer chain. Well, you know, I just want you, I just talked to brother so-and-so, and I just want to pass this on so we can pray about it. And so nobody wants to end up on a prayer chain, so people start coming to church, you know what I mean. And people come to church, and now you got to be hypocritical. you got to come to the church, and you got to be, you know, put a smile on your face, because everything is happy in Jesus. And you can't come to church and have, oh, I'm having a bad day. How you doing, brother? Oh, everything's wonderful. Everything's wonderful. When really inside, you are tore up. Amen. When really inside, you really need somebody to pray for you. When really inside, you had a bad day yesterday. Man, we come to church and, you know, you, you, you're on your way to church. You had a bad day on the way to church. <laughs> somebody say, man, you know that happens. It happened to me lots of times. I mean, you can come to church, you've been arguing with your wife all the way to church. Kids acting up, acting a fool. The kids are just acting a fool. I ain't say fool. I said fool. And you were driving, you were, don't make, don't make me pull this car over. Don't make me go. And you, start, you know how your parents do. You start slapping the kids, one hand is on the clutch, and you just slap them. Come here, put your face right here. Put it right here, put it right here. Put it right here. And you pull up the church parking lot, you come in the church and go, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is so good. And yes, God is good. But the reality is, you just had a bad time getting to church. But you can't tell anybody that because, I mean, it's the church. And everybody's supposed to love God at church. And it's this is a holy environment. Listen, that has never been. The early church was never religious. Those people came together and they loved each other and they met in catacombs and they prayed for each other and they fellowshiped together and it was all real. Amen. Do you know they didn't have discipleship groups in the early church? <laughs> well, how did they ever get along? Well, how did they ever grow in the Lord? Because they fellowship together. They didn't have pocket groups of discipleship. Don't misunderstand me. I don't, there's not a problem with discipleship groups. I'm just saying that the early church, there was a reality in the early church because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. There was a realness, a reality among God's people. It wasn't this hypocritical environment that we have created in the church. We have to be careful. Saints, listen. Calvary Chapel, third service, listen. We have to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of becoming religious as a church. Say amen. amen. We have to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of this religiosity. And it really is very easy. Listen, we are a blessed church. I'm going to wait. God's done that. We are a blessed church. God has done a wonderful, wonderful work. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love coming to church. 
I love standing here. I look forward to it. To see all the people that God has brought together. I told you a hundred times. I'll tell you again. It looks like the kingdom of God in this place. You know, all nations, tongues, tribes, and people. Black people, white people, Hispanic people. All kinds of people just worshiping God in this place. Do y'all know how different that is in the South? I think I'm the only one that knows. Okay. <laughs> I've only been here 11 years and I know that. You understand what I'm saying? And that means that God has blessed us. God has blessed this church. We still believe in the authority of God's word. We still believe in this thing called the Bible. And we teach the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book. We still hold to the word of God. But what we have to do is we have to guard against familiarity. Because somebody once said that familiarity breeds what? Contempt. You know that. And the danger to start thinking, well, you know, we got a great church. We teach the Bible. I mean, it's Calvary Chapel. We're in verse by verse. And, you know, we're in the word and we hear the word so much. And maybe you've been around here for so many years. And, you know, you start thinking, you know, I've been around Calvary Chapel a long time. You know, and Rodney's teaching. Oh, I know that. I'm still doing. Oh, I know that. Well, I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Rodney used that illustration some time ago. And I know the punchline. See, I'm just saying what I know y'all think, okay? <laughs> y'all pray for me. Or, you know, oh, I know so much, and oh, you know, I've just been around the Word, and, you know, I've been in Calvary for so long, I've been teaching the Word, you know. I'm just waiting to get to the deep stuff. You know, one guy asked me, he goes, oh, Pastor Ryan, we're in the book of Romans, that's great, but I'm just waiting for us to get to the deep stuff, the deep stuff. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Man, I'm already drowning. Would you? I'm just waiting to get to the deep stuff. You know, all that stuff you talk about. Oh, that's for the immature Christians and the new Christians. But I'm waiting to get to the deep stuff. Listen, we are already as deep as we are possibly going to go. Somebody say, hey, man, is that all right? Is that all right? We are just as deep as we're going to go. Listen, you can get something out of the world. You don't have to get deep. You don't have to get deep. Oh, I didn't get deep in the word. Every time you read God's word, do you realize every time you read God's word, you get something new out of it every single time you read it? A brother called me last week. We were talking about the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, remember? And a brother called me this week. He was just excited. He about to bust. He said, oh, I guess that's right. I can't believe. Oh, my goodness, that word, that word. Oh, my goodness, the goodness of God. I, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. I've never seen that. I've been reading the Bible for 20 plus years. I've never seen that before. He just went on and on. I've never seen it. I said, well, it's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. So I've been there for a long time. And he said, well, i just never seen it before. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God to teach us. And every time you read God's Word, you will get something new and fresh out of it. You don't have to try to go deep. And folks who do try to go deep, they wind up teaching heresy. That's where heresy begins, because we're trying to get new, innovative, creative, and I got some new revelation. Listen, when I hear somebody tell me they got something new, beware, Will Robinson, beware. <laughs> you got something new? Somebody said it like this. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's probably not new. Amen. Isn't that true? It, I mean, really, really, we don't need to get deep in the word. We need to just simply continue in the things of God.
And we need to keep our hearts in a place where familiarity is not breeding contempt, that we're finding ourselves listening to God's word, because if we don't give ear to what God has to say, we too will begin to clothe ourselves in this self-righteousness and start thinking of ourselves as religious. You'll find yourself doing the religious thing, and religion can't save you. I'm going to say that again because I think y'all will sleep. Religion can't save you. Jesus saves. Religion has never saved anyone and it never will. And the Jewish people, they felt that their religion, being clothed in their religious garment, gave them some access into the kingdom. That they were saved. They lacked humility. Humility. Man, when I think of humility... I don't know what about you, but when I think of humility, I think of Jesus. I said to my wife last night, I said, honey, you, when you think of humility, we're laying in the bed about to go to sleep. I'm reading over my notes. I said, honey, when you think of humility, who you think of? She said, Moses. I said, Moses? She said, yeah, Moses told us he was humble in the Bible. I said, well, if Moses told us that he was humble, then that would mean that he was actually prideful because he was telling us that he was humble. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. You can't be, uh, oh, Moses, we know Moses was humble because Moses told us. <laughs> yeah, I'm so humble. <laughs> That's right. The Bible says that Jesus was humble. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us that Jesus humbled himself and he became a man. Don't you know Philippians 2 8 is the Christmas story? Here we are in the Christmas season. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ left the Godhead, he left his deity, came to the earth in the form of a baby, talking about humility, came into the earth in the form of a little baby. What's more humble than than a vulnerable baby? And Jesus, God, took on flesh and took on the flesh of a baby. How many of us would have done that? If we were God and we had to take on flesh, we'd probably take on the flesh of Arnold. (laughs) Sylvester Stallone. I don't care what y'all say. Sylvester Stallone, 60 years old, doing Rocky, you go, man. (laughs) I just had to hold one down for my brother. uh, But Jesus came in the form of a baby. And talking about humility... Here we have the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, comes to the earth in the form of a little baby, and he is born not in a palace, not even in a hospital, but he was born in a stinky, smelly, cold, damp, dark barn. And then the Bible tells us that he was wrapped in discarded clothes and laid in an old feeding trough. Talking about humble beginnings. Jesus was humble. The Jewish people, they lacked humility. And they made themselves obnoxious and intolerant. And they saw themselves as guides, lights, correctors, teachers. But instead of leading and being a light to the Gentiles, they became absorbed in their own religious practice. And as a result... The Jews, rather than bringing the Gentiles to God, their attitude drove them away from God. Point number two, they lacked obedience. We just read it in verses 21 through 24. Notice in verse 17, look at it again in your Bibles. You call yourself a Jew, 
You rely on the law. Verse 18, you know his will. Verse 19, you are a guide for the blind. Verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You then who preach against stealing, do you steal? Listen, Paul says it comes down to this. You have the law, do you keep it? See, you can see how others break the law. Do you see how you break it also? Notice in verse 23 in your Bibles, you make your boast in the law. Do you dishonor God by breaking the law? You see, the rabbis, give me your attention. The rabbis actually interpreted the law so they thought they were justified by the law and in actuality, they turned the law into something ridiculous. The rabbis interpreted the law in such a way as for them to be justified by the law, which Jesus said, you have made the law something ridiculous. You've made a mockery. You've made a joke out of the law. Don't you remember in Matthew chapter 23, as Jesus says, you guys are so legalistic and religious, you strain at a gnat. Remember he said this? You strain at a gnat, but you swallow a camel's hump, Jesus said. You see, if these religious Jews were walking along and, 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 and they got a gnat in their mouth, everybody know what a gnat is? Yeah. Okay. And they got a gnat in their mouth. They were so religious and so intent on keeping a law, they would take their fingers and stick it down their throats and try to kind of puke up like <laughs> trying to get that gnat up because they didn't know maybe that gnat landed on a Gentile and God forbid we come into contact with a Gentile. You understand? They made a joke out of the law. And Jesus said, he went on to say to them, you've got the little things down pat. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.